when the game numbers on the warehouse changed during the fifth innings over the past several weeks, the fans in this ballpark responded incredibly. Tonight I stand here overwhelmed as my name is linked with the great and courageous Lou Gehrig. I am truly humbled to have our names spoken in the same breath. And here's Lamar on a run. He at himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's got a touchdown. He is Houdini. What a play. 47-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Wow. The number eight. In Chinese culture, eight has long been regarded as the luckiest number. It is the symbol for perfection. The infinity. In Baltimore, things aren't much different. The number eight had been donned by Baltimore's Iron Man, Cal Ripken Jr., and is now worn by Baltimore's very own MVP, Lamar Jackson, who is currently reinventing the game of football. We hope to continue this legacy of the number eight in Baltimore with episode eight of Bleacher Birds. So hello, Baltimore Birdland and beyond. Welcome back to uh, Bleacher Birds. You sat through seven seven weeks of episodes so far and uh now we're gonna treat you all with a very very special episode episode number eight uh we've got a lot going on we're gonna discuss major league baseball will there be baseball games or not we'll discuss a little bit of what's going on in the wonderful world of the ravens uh and i might even give matt a few minutes to discuss kbo this week all that and of course uh, another most entertaining dodgeball story but this show would be nothing if it weren't for my co-host. So, Mr. Uh, Matt, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I am doing just wonderful. Yeah. So, yep, there's a lot going on in the sports world. We got a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's an exciting week, whereas last week we were uh, kind of stuttering through. Just We had a special guest on last week we discussed a few things with him discussed a few things with uh some dodgeball stories and things of that sort and i think we we happened to mention the draft for about five minutes of our hour-long podcast that was <laughs> dedicated towards the draft so uh, i think uh, we talked i think we talked about it enough all right we got a lot in there we did we did so well i gotta all i gotta right. talk i gotta talk about this all right so um, you gotta let me know if this has happened to you yet. But um, so it finally happened to me this week at work. Uh, I had to elbow bump somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you had to do this yet? Yeah, the elbow bump. Yeah. Sure. You gotta remember. Say, I've been working throughout this whole thing. Say, I've been elbow bumping and doing the little uh, little foot handshake and you you've know, done so. the handshake well not not the big one but yeah the big one yeah yeah the big one where you just like you do a backflip and then you click back of the, <laughs> the back, back of the feet together no you didn't do that one no 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 i passed on that one i don't know about that one and we did the uh so basically uh we did the old hidden bike what are you, you're leg wrestling people over there at the at the supermarket? Uh, I mean, you know, when you see the same people over and over and over again, you got to try something different. Okay. So. Well, yeah, it happened to me. I had to, I met up with someone. Well, I've never met this person before, but mm-hmm. I had to interact interact with them the other day. Mm-hmm. And they st- stuck their elbow out. And uh, I didn't think I was ever going to have to do this, but I think I looked at, at the elbow for like 20 minutes. It felt like 20 minutes before I, uh, Stuck my little chicken wing out there and tapped their elbow. Yeah. Glad nobody saw me. And how how was the reaction? Did you get, like, kind of a weird look from uh, it taking five minutes to complete the elbow to elbow? (laughs) 
Well, it just felt they like just it was stuck their elbow out, and they're like, "Come on, come on!" In my in my head, it felt like that long because I didn't want to do it, but uh, I complied. Oh man, yeah, yeah. So, see again, so you're you're still a little bit paranoid about this, and I'm I'm treating it almost as if it's over. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm part of the other side that's just like what do they call it? The front lines of this, just like you mm-hmm. know, it's 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 nothing to me. You know, I, I probably wouldn't shake the hand of a stranger, but like, you know, I mean, if you're like friends or family, I'm just like, I've got no problem with it. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, too. Do you think this is the end of the uh, handshake for strangers? Are you, are you ever going to do that again? No, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't I don't think it's the end. You know, I mean, there's just it'll just be different ways of doing it. And so I say once they come up with like a. uh some sort of medicine or something that they can give to go ahead and, you know, make this just seem like it's just a flu or just, you know, some other sickness. Right. You know, it'll be nothing and handshakes will be back. It'll be back. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I've seen people shaking hands like it's nothing. Well, back to the elbow thing, only like 10% of that is like worrying about like the germs or whatever. The other 90% is I just don't want to, I don't want anybody seeing me elbow bumping somebody why i don't know man that's that's i've never look if i'll put it this way if this six feet if let's pretend like this six feet rule was like the golden rule and it actually worked and it was like a surefire way not to get this virus Mm -hmm. so if everybody was as much of an asshole like I am, this virus wouldn't have even happened. Because I I, I, t- I I keep my distance from people in general. You know what I mean? Yeah, me, on the other hand, I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> so you you would be trying to keep your distance, and I would be chasing after you. would be like, come on, man, brother's got a hug. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so probably for the better that we're doing this podcast uh, over the phone, uh, a safe distance from each other. <laughs> so I'm... I'm honestly surprised. I'm surprised we're still talking about COVID. I know it's going on forever. I'm I'm really surprised that you've never given the old uh, the old elbow bump. So you've you've never gone into work and like you know uh, coworkers got a little bit of a sniffle or something and they see you and rather than say how you done and try to shake your hand, they give you the old elbow. Before all this, yeah. No, I've never even heard of that. Oh yeah. They when I worked for. Uh, and we'll leave the uh, the name of the company. But when I worked for the hardware store down in Bowie, for a very very simple man that was from Missouri, uh, he would come in sick, you know, practically all the damn time, and he would always try to shake your hand when he was healthy. But then when he wasn't, he'd always try to give you the old elbow or mm-hmm. uh, something. So the elbow is nothing new to me. Oh, okay. No, I always thought of, well, fist bumps were like the far, I mean, when I met somebody who was afraid of germs and all, it was always a fist bump. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've become so experienced with the elbow that, uh, I'm, I might just go ahead and steal the move from good old macho man, Randy Savage, may he rest in peace and uh, <laughs> go ahead and drop a few elbows. That's, that's the only elbow I'd let you hit me with. <laughs> Now the the Macho Man's elbow, but not the Bionic elbow. The, <laughs> well, you the have a, dusty, you have the a... old Dusty Rhodes shake rattle and roll elbow. <laughs> Either one, I, you know what? I take them all. Well, I could hit you with Dusty's; that would knock you down, and then I could hit you with a uh, Randy Savage. <laughs> after that, there you go. There you go. All right. So, uh, do you want me to give you a couple minutes to discuss your KBO? Yeah, that'd be great. All right, we'll start the timer. Okay. Yeah, put me on the clock here. All right, so what's going on in the wonderful world of KBO? Did the Dinos win the uh, win the World Series yet? Oh, my goodness. It's not over yet. Not yet? No, and actually the Dinos uh, are having a pretty mediocre week. So they went last 10 games or five and five. 
they're slipping a little. So the LG Twins are in second place. They're only a game and a half behind them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right on their heels. Um, yeah, so I was watching an LG Twins game the other day, and uh, I don't know if you remember me talking about this, but the LG LG Twins super fan was back on TV. Sang oh, okay. uh, Sangyu Jong. Yeah, everybody's yeah, friend. I, yeah, Frank. Yeah, everybody's friend Sangyu. Yeah, he's great, man. I'm telling you, if you missed it last time, you got to go back and watch this last one he was on. He was like making up songs on the spot, and it was it was pretty fun. All right. Well, if I uh, if I ever want to watch a KBO game, I'll make sure to check that out. Oh boy, I can tell that's um that's half hearted there. See, I'll 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 tune in for the playoffs when uh when the Dinos are dominating. Well, the way they played this week, they might not make it. Well, you know what they're trying to do? They're just trying to give all the other teams hope. Uh-huh. And then as soon as that hope's there, they're just going to go ahead and turn it around and show everybody why they're the best team in the KBO. Possibly. Or we could be seeing the Mike Wright return that we saw in Baltimore. Because his last game, he pulled a Mike Wright. Ooh. He went seven innings, gave up seven runs, took the took the L. Why the hell do you let a guy go seven innings if he's given up seven runs? Uh, probably because their their bullpen was is worse than their starting staff. The um the KBO bullpens are not uh, they're not they're not known for their deep bullpens. Mm-hmm. So they try to leave these guys in as long as possible and eat up some eat up the innings. You know it's a uh, it's a shame. I just I chose the uh, I chose the wrong path. I I could have been a KBO pitcher. But I opted to be a uh, podcaster and a grocery store manager. Ex dodgeball player, former dodgeball player. Yeah. Well, you know those dodgeball games were rough on the arm. Oh, I know. Until we hear back, if people actually want to hear about the KBL, I'm just going to keep it short this week. Oh. Well. And I'll just and I'll just say that the next three games on ESPN are going to be the Doosan Bears versus LG Twins. So now's a good time to jump on and see. Uh, Second and third place team battle it out. Said uh, th- those games still going on at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, on ESPN the Ocho. Uh-huh. Well, not the Ocho, regular ESPN, man. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, I think I mentioned ESPN the Ocho since this is uh, our legendary episode eight. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So one more, right. uh, one more Ocho for us. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm going to be watching, so hopefully uh, hopefully you can flip it on at some point. Hey, guys, if you're listening you uh, and you truly do appreciate these KBO segments and you want those to continue, make sure to uh, go ahead and holler at us at Bleacher Birds on the Twitter. Let us know that you're enjoying them and that you want us to keep them up. Otherwise, uh, I'll just go ahead and put an axe to this segment for Matt. <laughs> Don't do that to me. <laughs> Which may or may not happen since he's the one that does the editing. If you do that to me, we're just gonna—I'm just gonna talk about draft numbers the whole time. And <laughs> I'm gonna go over spin rates. I'm gonna talk about exit velocity. Yeah, and that's touch not... on touch on all the analytics. Oh huh? uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think this is a good time to go ahead and transition into uh, into MLB. There's a lot mm-hmm. been going on over the past just over the past week alone. So, as of last Tuesday, Commissioner Rob Manfred uh, retracted his statement of being so positive that uh, we would have Major League Baseball in 2020. Uh-huh. And uh, I thought that that would be the topic of our conversation of we're guaranteed that there would be baseball and now eh, I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the question was going to be, well, what happened to those guaranteed 50 games? So basically what happened was MLB, uh, I think it was on Wednesday or maybe late Tuesday evening proposed a 60 game season to the players. Uh, player said no. Uh, and just recently they, just countered with a 70-game potential season. So they're just looking to get 10 more games in, and, uh, you know, they just want to get paid a little bit more. Uh, The owners said that that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, You know, we're we're not going to do that. So 
now we're kind of in the standoff again. Maybe you can explain this to me then, because I've been trying to follow this contract negotiation talk. Uh-huh. And I don't know. It, it, maybe you have a better like grasp of it because I, I, I had thought, I don't, I don't know who's right on this anymore because I had thought MLB had offered them like 75 games and then 80% of their pay. And now the, now the players are coming back with 70 games and full prorated pay, which is way less than 80% of their salary. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand what, what either side wants. So right now, the most recent deal that's on the table, and this was the counter from uh, the baseball players was a 70 game season from July 19th to September 30th. They want 50 million in playoff bonuses. They want a 50-50 split of postseason TV revenue in 2021. Forgiveness of salary advance for Tier 1 through 3 players. I've got no idea what that means. Mm -hmm. Uh, Big thing is Universal DH would be a thing for 2020 as well as 2021. So this could be the uh, this could be the end of an era for pitchers uh, pitchers batting. Yeah. So, and I think we've kind of already discussed our thoughts on that already. Uh, and then they want a, uh, and then they also said it would be a mutual waiver of grievance. So, uh, players would give the uh, the waiver of grievance as would the owners. So yeah. it's just basically saying that. Uh, once they go ahead and start the season, the players can't go ahead and sue the owners when the games start up. So yeah, well, that's the most recent thing that's on the table. So the deal yeah. uh, prior to that was well, that's the thing. Like all these deals, like there has to be little things, like you were talking about in the back that we're not really seeing that aren't really making the players happy or whatever. Because I know they they've come out with this tell us when and where um, movement, but. I've seen plenty of when and where's from MLB. The players just aren't accepting it. Well, we've seen we've seen a little bit of progress. I mean, we went from you know again on Tuesday, absolutely no shot of baseball, to Wednesday a proposal was made and then a counter proposal was given. So it seems like both sides want to make something happen now, which is a lot better than where we were last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, say Rob Manfred and the uh, representative for the Players Association uh, met face-to-face to kind of discuss negotiations. So they're taking steps. Again, whereas last week I thought for sure, I was like, well, baseball is there with, let's go ahead and focus on football. Maybe not so fast. Maybe baseball will, in fact, happen. Uh-huh. Well, I'm as, con- I'm as confused as I was before. Yeah. Well, I think we all are, but I think uh, I think it's going to happen now. It's just a matter of them uh, dotting I's, crossing T's. Uh, I think a deal will be made probably by next week, so we can uh, tune in and figure that out. But I think by this time next week, you and I are going to be discussing uh, the baseball season announcement, and that is, in fact, happening. All right. I'll wait till then so we don't have to talk about contracts and <laughs> numbers All right. anymore. All right. Well, uh, how about on a uh, little bit of a lighter side, we'll stay with baseball. Uh, did you know that the Orioles have a new Hall of Famer? The Oriole Bird was inducted into the Mascot Hall of Fame last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's well-deserved. With the, the, the full the, um, Cooperstown Hall of Fame? No, this is the uh, this is the mascot Hall of Fame. Oh, okay, all right. So this is for this is for every sport. So uh, the Oriole Bird was inducted. Um, oh, awesome. The uh, Indianapolis professional football team's mascot was inducted. I think there are a couple more, but you know the the bird goes ahead and joins uh, the ranks of like the Philly Fanatic and uh, San Diego Chicken. Oh. <laughs> All the other greats. So I think San it's, Diego uh, chicken. it's it's well deserved. It's about time. Uh, it's about time that the bird got the recognition that he deserves. Who's the San Diego chicken? What? Who's the San Diego chicken? 
You don't know the San Diego chicken? Uh-uh. Oh, my goodness. What, the what, San Diego what, chicken is one of the most legendary mascots in all sports. <laughs> what, what team is this? What, what team is this for? Hey, guys. If uh, if you want to help me out, you can go ahead and reach out to Matt uh, at... Oh, my goodness. You almost gave it up. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to get a, a Twitter account just so you stop giving out that number. <laughs> you can blur so, it out. Somebody's going to piece that together. Like <laughs> You could ax it. You know what? We'll, we'll do this. We'll, we'll have to, we'll, we'll give away one number for 10 straight podcasts. That means somebody will have to listen to 10 straight to uh, get the number. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. You let me know when you get a phone call from a random number. <laughs> And all they want to do is explain to you who the San Diego chicken is. Am I just like forgetting this, or is this San Diego should I chicken? should I know this? I think you should. See, I mean, it, it, is this like a San Diego like wiffle ball team uh, no. mascot or something? All right. Well, wait a minute. I know the San Diego Chargers. They don't have a chicken as a mascot, do they? No. Okay. The San Diego Padres is like a. Oh, I'm, it's a Padre. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to pull up a pull up some things and my damn computer is freezing right now <laughs> that's because the, the chicken doesn't exist do you want me to uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to look it up then <sighs> san diego chicken san diego chicken known as the famous chicken the kgb chicken or just the chicken oh there he is okay i do i have seen this chicken before yeah i just didn't know he was uh i i, I totally forgot that he was involved with the padres at all all right, you're right. You're right. Anywho, so we're 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 getting a little bit off topic. Say the whole point of this was for uh, for us to congratulate the Oriole Bird on his nomination into the uh, into the Hall of Fame or his induction into the Hall of Fame. Okay. So yeah, it's about, yeah, it's a, it's a long time coming, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll uh, we'll wait a few years and see if we can't get Poe in there next. Well, I'm sure he's on the way. Well, it's Edgar Allen and Poe, right? No, no, no. It's just Poe. Or are they doing yeah. down? Ed, Edgar and Allen have since retired. Okay, cool. Yeah. Did you not know that? Um, I, I now that you're saying that, I remember it's um, jogging my memory. Yeah. It sounds like it could be familiar. <laughs> it sounds like something it? you're not just completely making up to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I believe this one. Yeah. And, I, and I, I do feel silly for not remembering the San Diego chicken because I remember watching videos of this guy. But um, didn't at one point. Um, I don't know if you're serious, but at one point, I remember you saying you wanted to try out to be the Oriole bird. I did. Um, or it was like a dream. As a matter of fact, going into high school, um, my career goal was becoming the Oriole bird. Nice. And I had nothing else on my on my plate. <laughs> so, uh, you know, again, here I am, a manager of a grocery store. Clearly, <laughs> not everybody reaches their goals. So... Oh no, man! That's a goal. The Oreo bird. So instead, I'm uh, leading the way in uh, again on on the front lines of this COVID battle. Instead, there you go. Respectable. Well, what you can do is you can start the um, you can start a mascot for your grocery store chain. Yeah, that would be something. I'll tell you what. See, I've uh, I I had I've had a little bit of a lifetime of playing mascots. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, little known fact is that in middle school, I was Neeks the cat for uh, oh really for the library. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah, so I was Neeks the cat. Uh, I performed as Snoopy in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> uh, I was Frosty the Snowman many a year, <laughs> and uh, I may or may not know someone. Uh, that dresses in a red suit, puts on a red hat, spreads joy in December. Oh, okay. So, what what is it about the um, the, the costume that you like? Is it does it make you feel more comfortable performing uh, behind the behind the mask? You know, it's it's just fun. Mm-hmm. I think that's all it is. It's just fun. It's an opportunity just to go out there. Just people are excited to see you. You can interact with them, have a good time. Sure. And it's just like. Again, it's it's just enjoyable, but that was it. Again, say I, 
I wanted to be the Oreo bird going into uh, going into high school, and that was kind of the idea of walking around the costume, having a good time, being able to go to all the games. Mm-hmm. And what you don't realize is that you know the weather gets up to a hundred degrees in there. The suit weighs about fifty pounds. <laughs> uh, you know, there's right. there's a lot more to it than just uh, being able to spell Orioles with your hands. Right. So you know. Re- Respect the bird, I think right. is uh, I think is what comes out of this. Yep. Good. I'm glad he got in there, or he yeah. or she, or whatever. That's right. So we are uh, we are equal an equal rights <laughs> podcast. Right. So well, I'll the bird be a he or a she. Uh, congrats to the. <laughs> well, I only say that because most likely on those 90 degree days, uh, it's more than one person in that costume, right? It's got to be. You think? It's got to be. No. I, th- I think it's the same person. It's been the same person for years. Hmm. Uh, see, the aura has been around since, what, 1954, so 46, uh, 20, 66. Mm-hmm. So somewhere there's a 76-year-old man that dresses up like the Oreo. <laughs> I'm convinced wow. it's just one. Well, he's doing a great job. Sticking with the Orioles, say, I don't know if you uh, got the email today or not, but the Orioles uh, have announced a Trey Mancini uh, fight shirt they're selling for $25, and proceeds go to the, uh, and I'm going to murder this one, the uh, Colorectal Cancer Alliance. But the Orioles are teaming up with uh, with a charity, go ahead and try to raise money for, uh, for this battle, and I... I I think it's a nice nod. Say, have you seen this? Yeah, I saw it. I got the email. So the uh, the shirt looks kind of neat. So we went ahead and ordered a few for a uh, few for us. Mm. It's got the uh, it's got the word fight, but with the uh, IG being the sixteen, and it's got the angry Oreo bird. Yeah. On the front of it, so you get in gray or orange. Yeah. Which color did you get? So. Um, I opted for gray, uh, and then the uh, the ladies are going to get the orange one. Yeah, that works. So, but yeah, so we went ahead and ordered those today. Yeah, I was eyeing up the uh, gray one too. I'm going to pick that one up. All right. Yep. So while we uh, swing on over from one side of the parking lot over to the other and bring it over to uh, M&T Bank Stadium. Uh-huh. So uh, earlier today, earlier this week, I. Went ahead and sent you that ESPN named the Ravens the best defense of the decade. Wow. And, um, you know, it's nice to actually have a team that ESPN recognizes, whereas, you know, the Orioles, who we just got off of, don't get any recognition whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, you know, when they're terrible, I understand, but even when they're in the playoffs, ESPN would just try to avoid them as much as possible and not try to give us any credit at all for anything that we would do. Whereas the Ravens are the complete opposite, and uh, ESPN is like the squirrel uh, to the Ravens' uh, nuts. <laughs> so they're just they're all over it. They're all about Lamar, which again yeah. I'm perfectly fine with. Say I'm I'm all about seeing all the highlights and all the clips, and you know they they put Lamar up on a pedestal, and uh, in this case they're talking about our defense, and I mean they're they're not wrong. No, and you know it's crazy. So that would be from 2010 to 2020. Yep, and that's not even that um, the, the crazy defense that we had. No, I mean, so that's a compliment. It could be the it could be the defense of the uh, past two decades. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's helped us win one Super Bowl. So, yeah, well, two. Well, you're talking about this past decade, yeah. Yeah, this past decade. But I mean, the Baltimore's always been focused on defense. Yeah, and meanwhile, it's kind of funny because as as we're singing the swing of the tide with uh, last year, it seems like ESPN or the Ravens are all about uh, offense now. Well, they should be right now. Um, yeah, and you're right. ESPN loves Lamar. So did you see? Uh, did you see the cover of Madden? I didn't see it, but I heard about it. So Lamar is on the cover. Um, uh-huh. A lot of people talking about the curse, what could come of it. Yeah. Um, but what they forget is that 
course, you know, just recently last year, uh, Patrick Mahomes was on the cover of it, and he won the Super Bowl last year, so he's insane. He won the Super Bowl, but um, wasn't he? Didn't he hurt himself? Mahomes. Was he? Yeah, he was out like four or five games, right? Yeah, but I think he was just resting. That was another case of just giving other teams hope and then <laughs> coming back. It's it's kind of like the uh, what the NC Diners are doing. Man, you got a lot of faith in the um, <clears throat> the teams being uh, lenient on other teams. Yeah. Again, they they've got to they've got to give them hope. They've got to give uh, the TV and ESPN something to talk about, so that people can go ahead and get their hopes built up amongst that, and, and all of a sudden come back and just kind of bring everybody back to reality. Uh-huh. So, what? Um, of course, and again, see my my math may be off, but uh, Ray Lewis when he was on the cover, uh, what year was that? I'm looking at it. It's 2005. 2005. So, mm-hmm. and then when he came back, say, so wasn't he the uh, MVP that year? Uh, yeah, that I don't know. I don't remember those years. But yeah, he was on in 05. And I think, I, I think he broke the curse, didn't he? I feel like he did. Yeah, it would be yeah. him. But did you see the video that they showed? I don't know if this is before the Madden announcement or after, but it was almost like clockwork man as soon as the Madden talk started they showed this video of Lamar on the beach you see this yeah yeah flipping so, over uh, <laughs> Lamar playing a little bit of a uh, little beach ball uh-huh. and uh yeah he's going back there to throw it and then all of a sudden like only Lamar can he just decides you know what I'm gonna take this myself <laughs> and just he's breaking ankles left and right he's spinning and uh you know, eventually he scores a touchdown, but all of a sudden momentum takes force and uh, he can't stop himself. And there's a park jet ski in the ocean, like right next to where he's running. So he just, mm-hmm. you know, runs over and just does a little leap over it. <laughs> so I think a lot of people were freaked out about this. A lot of people were worried that he would be injured and you know, all these uh Feedback of you know what's he doing? Oh my God, he could you know hurt himself. What could possibly? So, but in all honesty, like I just look at it, and it's just like you know, he's what a 21, 22 year old kid right now. Yeah, yeah, he's and a kid. He... He's he's at the beach. He's at Florida. He's playing ball, and he didn't hurt himself. Could he have? Sure, but did he know? So I think you just you kind of got to look back at this as. Okay, Lamar, let's look this gift horse in the mouth and <laughs> not let uh not let that one happen again. Yeah, I mean he, he is he's like you know, he he's a young kid right now and he's he's made and he's made of rubber. Even some of these he's made of rubber. So even some of these hits he's been taking the past couple of years, you're like, Oh my gosh, he's not getting up from that one and he pops up. Mm-hmm. But so, in a few in a few years you know that 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 sort of starts to catch up to you, and I hope we don't oh, see yeah. him flipping over, uh, jet skis. Then. Yeah, but I mean, again, say so at, at his age right now, uh, not too worried about it. No. But what I am kind of curious is, what do you think was running through his friend's head, taping that and then putting it on social media? <laughs> and then what do you think was running through Lamar's head when he saw him post that? And then what was running through Lamar's head when his phone, uh, cell phone lit up and it said, John Harbaugh. <laughs> Could you only imagine what that conversation was like? Well, I'd imagine before he saw the text message from John Harbaugh or the phone call, him and his friend were probably just thinking, all right, let's see how much I let's see how much height I got on this jump going over the jet ski. Because it seems like none of these guys care about what they put online, you know? Don't put anything out there. But, um, yeah, I'm sure John respectfully uh, made his opinion heard. <laughs> I'm sure. So him and uh, I, I'll bet you the next phone call after John Horrible was Steve Bashotti too. <laughs> yeah. So it would not surprise me. Yeah. So uh, so we mentioned about mentioned the offense a little bit. Say so I'm, I'm going to bring it back just a little bit more to the defense. Um. Tell me if you've seen this one or not, but just over the past day, this has become kind of a uh, 
bigger story. Jamal Adams, the uh, safety of the Jets, is now demanding a trade. He's a Pro Bowl safety. Do the Ravens want to add him? Who do we got back there now? Do you remember? I, I think safety's pretty pretty locked up. I think Jimmy uh, Jimmy Smith's going to move back to safety. You think so? Well, I mean, if you look at, like, so we've got Earl Thomas back there right now. But mm-hmm. who's on the other side? And I think Jimmy Smith is a is a natural selection for that. So we've got uh, Marcus Peters back there. We've got uh, basically Raven safeties right now: Earl Thomas, Tony Jefferson, Chuck Clark. Well, I, I don't know. I'm not too familiar I mean, with it, like. It would be it would be an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we've also got Deshaun Elliott coming back too. So, I mean, honestly, I feel like safety's pretty locked up for us. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if he's causing that much trouble in New York, do we really feel like dealing with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for improving the team, but we've always been the type that says we don't want uh we don't want the drama. You know, let's go out there, have fun, but let's handle our business. Uh-huh. You know, he's he's demanding a trade. He's mentioned that the Ravens are one of like seven teams that he would uh, waive his no trade clause to. I'd, I'd imagine a lot of people are. Um... If they're demanding a trade, Ravens are the team they've one of the teams they want to go to right now. Right. I mean, it's like the perfect storm in Baltimore right now. So I'd imagine I'm, we we could just be on the list. I don't know if he really wants to go to Baltimore, but he's not so, going to. We're, we're like a guaranteed playoff team. He's not going to turn that down. Right. See, I'm trying to see. Uh, I know it was uh, the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Eagles the 49ers, there's like seven teams and all of them were like playoff teams. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Ravens, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Seahawks. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I would want to uh, waive my new trade to go to the, any one of those teams from the Jets myself. Right. He's trying to pull the reverse um, NFL move where usually it's the Ravens going to uh, the Jets to retire. Mm-hmm. He's trying to move from the Jets to the Ravens. Yeah, that would you know that would be interesting to see if we just go ahead and pull him over since we've given the Jets uh, half of their team. Yeah. Again, say the Jets have uh, twelve former Ravens on their roster right now. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe turnabout is fair play. Yeah, so, I say forget yeah. the forget the drama. With the uh, with the Jamal Adams news, it just kind of like made me just go ahead and look at and see who some of the top free agents were. And, uh, you know, JV on Cloud, he still doesn't have a team yet. So um, he's been out there requesting, like, ludicrous high-dollar contracts. Uh, and nobody is biting. So I can't help but wonder, is he another one of these guys that would want to prove himself on, like, a one-year deal? And what better team to prove it with than, let's say, Ravens? Well, Who's again, the other so- Who's the other guy we got that's a um, defensive end? Didn't didn't they just sign a, a defensive end in the offseason? A pretty big name. He could be the other side. Calais Campbell? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah I mean we don't we don't really need help in, in that area. Plus we've also got Derek Wolf. Uh we grabbed him from Denver. So we've got a couple. I think the Ravens are pretty good though, weeding out the um the you know the dramatic players. All it right, seems so like they, they, they never really land like those, like, out you know, the uh, crazy outspoken guys that demand trades and all that. Yeah. All right. So, so we're good on defense. We, we don't necessarily want to make any ads onto, uh, onto the defensive side, but what about, uh, what about offense? So, I mean, again, say we had the best offense in the NFL last year. And that was with Lamar thrown to who? You know, so, um, of course, he was working out down in Florida with uh, with Hollywood and your boy Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I saw him pop up again. Mm-hmm. Now he's actually working out with the team. So, is, uh, is Antonio Brown still a thing? Is he still on the Ravens' radar? Is that still a possibility? <laughs> I don't know if he was ever on their radar. I mean, like I was saying, they they, they do a good job of weeding those guys out. Mm-hmm. 
But um, speaking of Antonio Brown, he's another one. He was on Madden, and then look at him. He's not in football anymore. Well, he's fighting back to get into football. Yeah. So, um, here, I'll throw another name at you. Say, as I'm looking at these uh, free agents, would you even sniff? Would you even sniff the chance of uh, Josh Gordon? Would you try that? Oh, man. Depends on how much, how much you have to pay him. I mean, and again, it's just like you, you look at the potential, but how much comes with that? I know. Every time he's on the field, he's like, you know, one of the top receivers in the league. Yeah. But he's just never on the field. I wouldn't, I wouldn't chance it. No. Nah. So with all this Ravens talk, I, I sent you out one, one more thing that was kind of entertaining. And, uh, Say it was between a former, former and current Raven. Um, the initial tweet said that a major study found that steroid reduces deaths in patients with uh, COVID nineteen. And uh, our friend uh, Tony Jefferson went ahead and took this and retweeted it and said that uh, you should be good then if you can catch it, bro. And then tagged at Nick Boyle eighty six. <laughs> Nick was quick to uh, quick to reply back and went for the juggler. Said they never took steroids, but maybe they will help you since you can't stay on the team and are currently unemployed. Ooh. So, a few a uh, few little jabs back and forth. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This is our um, our Twitter beef segment. Yeah. <laughs> this seems to always happen, man. These guys can't stay off Twitter. Well, see, it, everybody's best friends up until they, uh, up until they're not on the same team anymore. Well, I'd like to know why, why did he just like call them out like that out of nowhere? Something must have happened when those guys were in the same uh, locker room. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of times you just go ahead and you see teams that play together and you just assume that everybody's best friends. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's true. But I'm thinking yeah, something yeah. must have happened back in the day. Is Tony Tony Jefferson's a free agent right now? Yeah, he's still a free agent. Okay, so we don't uh, we don't have him in the backfield then. So, uh, so after Nick's reply, Mark Ingram replied back the hostility. Uh oh. And then <laughs> uh, Tony Jefferson says, "You know how we roll," and just started laughing it off. Uh-uh. So, and then Tony replied back a couple days later, said, "It's it's a joke." Oh, it's a joke, chillax, big dog. So, I guess they're good now. Yeah, good joke, just calling out a guy. Yeah, right. For no reason. <laughs> well, hey, maybe maybe that's the um, that is the uh, vaccine we're all gonna have to take. Yeah. We're all gonna be hitting home runs. There you go. Yeah, back on the softball field, hitting home runs after all these um, COVID vaccines. Yeah, I'll, I wouldn't know anything about that because I wasn't hitting any home runs when we were on the softball field. <laughs> well, you're more of a placement hitter. Yeah, a true a true RBI man. When there's when there's people on base, you know where to put the ball and get them in. That's right. And and speaking of knowing where to put the ball, uh, this week's podcast has been brought to you by Manscaped. That's right, uh, Manscaped, uh, unofficial sponsor of Bleacher Birds. Uh, but you can use the code BIRDLAND for a 20% off discount plus free shipping. So once again, uh, that code is B-I-R-D-L-A-N-D, BIRDLAND, uh, at Manscaped. Manscaped is a fine product that uh, you can use to go ahead and trim your uh, below-the-belt areas and uh, keep it looking, uh, keep it mighty fine, keep it trimmed for all the ladies or gentlemen whoever's uh, going down that general vicinity. And right now, you can go ahead and get yourself the Lawnmower 3.0. It's a fine product. Say I, I can personally recommend it. And uh, the other one that I'm very high on is the Weed Whacker. The Weed Whacker is a, uh, a nose hair trimmer, and it's better than the one that I tweeted out about 10 years ago that I was so excited to be getting. You, do you remember this one? I remember you talking about maybe, it. You got maybe, Christmas. I maybe I didn't tweet it out. Maybe I posted something on Facebook or MySpace. I don't think I was on Twitter 10 years ago. 
But uh, is this the one you got for Christmas? Yeah. No, no, no. This yeah. was this was the one that uh, I think I ordered this one, and I was just I was so excited to finally have one, and uh, little did I know that I was truly missing out uh, because the weed whacker that you get from Manscaped is uh, just a thousand times better. So you don't get the you don't get the yanking feeling. You don't get the the nicks, the knacks. Uh, you can't you can't nick your knack if you're using the lawnmower. It's just overall, it's just a really really great product. Go ahead and head on over to Manscaped for all of your grooming needs. And uh, once again, that code is uh, Birdland. All right, all right. So speaking of uh, speaking of taking care of your nether regions and uh, areas of that, uh, do you have a uh, dodgeball story that may be or may not be related? Oh, you know what? Wait a minute. Can I go back to one more thing? Oh, sure. On uh, baseball. All right. So I know we last week we uh, we had late, we had late breaking news on the um, the letter, the New York letter about the sign stealing. Yeah, we did. So and then I hear that they're demanding they gave them until Monday at midnight to open it. Mm-hmm. And then, the, so no letter was actually opened by then, right? Um. You know what? I did not see anything. A lawyer stepped in for the Yankees and blocked it. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't. I don't know if it's called blocking, but he appealed the um, opening of the letter, and his excuse was, "Have you seen this?" Yeah, it would damage damage character or something of that sort. Yeah, it would it would present a uh, character damaging information or something like that. Mm-hmm. But isn't that the point? Yeah. I mean, okay, so baseball wants to know what the deal is with your sign stealing. That's at, they they want to know. That's the point of the case. You can't say, well, we're not going to open it because it's damaging to our reputation. Yeah, of course it is. You're not going to open it because it makes us look bad. Yeah, it's like going like if you were accused of shoplifting. Yeah. And uh, a lawyer stepped in and was like, well. And there was video of you shoplifting, and the lawyer stepped in. And he was like, "Well, we're not going to show anybody that video because it's going to be damaging to his reputation." Of course, like they want to know what you did to steal signs, right? Right. So they got to open that thing. I don't know. I don't understand what the what the what the holdup is here, man. I was waiting for that for that news to come out last week, and nothing happened. Nothing. Are they going to get away with this thing again? So, so we we went ahead had an emergency emergency podcast for nothing for nothing <laughs> <laughs> i mean i hope eventually that letter gets open don't you yeah i can't under, I, I mean i can't understand the law and why they would be able to step in like that now is that going to be a problem yeah it's going to be a problem it's going to be a problem for them <laughs> it's a clear violation of your rights as a consumer it's an infringement on your constitutional rights it's outrageous <laughs> egregious preposterous <laughs> it's definitely preposterous <laughs> so um I've got a little bit of a dodgeball story lined up. Did you have one lined up as well? I have a couple, but you can take the floor. Oh, say maybe, uh, maybe I'll just share mine real quick. So we we actually both kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, uh, mm-hmm. and this one was going back to what was this one? I feel like this was like dodging for hunger or something of that sort. <laughs> so this was another uh, another charity tournament that uh we did not take our full team to so i think mm-hmm. uh they i was there you were there your brother was there and mogul was there but we uh went ahead and called in chris who is uh you know one of our usual backups yeah and, he's played with played with us a bunch yeah and at that tournament we also took uh Zelinsky on our team as well Hey, do you remember that? I remember. Was this the only tournament we went to with him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I do remember. There was at least one tournament we took him. And so this was a team. This was a tournament that the medics weren't at, but uh, He Man was. So, uh, so we're going up against He Man. It's the finals, and uh, basically they had a time limit rule, and uh, you know. We mentioned the time limit rule. Was it last week? 
mm-hmm. and uh, or maybe it was two weeks ago at other tournaments and how much we really just absolutely hate it because it allows teams to just go ahead and just sit on balls and just not play the game the right way and right. kind of never been our style and uh, as I'm looking at kind of like videos and photos of, of this tournament say at the time say we were playing He-Man it's the uh, championship game and we were actually up three to two. And uh, it was you, I, and uh, C-Class, Chris Thomas, uh, going up against uh, the Destroyer and uh, nice guy John, who uh, I, I always think of the Erie Beach Trash team when I see this guy, but I know that he's <laughs> not the guy from that team. He was... Uh, he was on the other side and we were up three to two. Um, but again, it's never really been our style to just go ahead and just sit on balls and let the timer run out. Mm-hmm. So we were up three to two, um, at the time, say John came over and threw a ball a little bit high. Say I was turtling behind you. Say for those that don't know what turtling is, that's where you get down as low as possible. Then one person uh, kind of gets in front of you and then blocks the ball with the ball. So it looks like a uh, little turtle head sticking out with the turtle shell in the back. <laughs> You're getting into some high-level, high-level dodgeball strategy here. Hey, when are we playing again? <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. It's good. So, uh, so anyway, so I'm turtling behind you, and uh, the ball comes over. You go ahead and block it, and um, again, say I think momentum just kind of took precedent. And you just want to go ahead and counter and go up there and just uh, throw it, John. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, I think you also thought that I got the ball that bounced behind me as well. So I turn around. I'm looking for a ball, looking for a ball. And while my back is actually turned, another ball bounces in front of me. And had I looked, I'd have had one in my hand. But I didn't look. I didn't see it. I'm still looking behind me for somebody to throw me the ball. And I think Mogul was over there just holding it. And uh, eventually the ball came to me. But by the time the ball came to me, you had run up there and thrown already. And John makes uh-huh. the catch of his life. Um, and it was one of those classic catches of where you were he was 100% trying to avoid it. But the way that his body turned, he just cracked <laughs> it in with his hip. So, like, his hip uh-huh. and his arms just, like, literally just trapped it in his thigh. Right. So, um, you know, again, so you couldn't have... If you'd have thrown it anywhere else, there was no chance that that ball was caught. But mm-hmm. So he catches the ball. Uh, a catch did not necessarily guarantee somebody coming back in at that tournament. It's 2-1-2 two two now, and uh, time runs out. So there's a big controversy, what to do, what to do. Uh, the guy in charge basically decides, you know what, we'll do sudden death. And uh, they roll with that. So C-Class and myself are lined up against uh, the Destroyer and John. And uh, we both take some turns. Say we run up there. Um, Chris and I only grab one ball each. We've got three balls on both sides. Chris and I run up and grab one ball each. The other team runs up and grabs all three. Um, Chris and I managed to go ahead and make a push and get that third ball. Um, We throw throw it them. They throw it us. Um, And then finally we decide to go ahead and throw it them one more time. Uh, Chris goes ahead and single throws. When he comes back, I'm on the other side of the court on the left side. And I see him running back by himself with no balls. And I run over. Uh, they're getting ready to double team him. Somehow I managed to block both balls without being in front of him. Um, nobody believed it to the point of where uh, Billy from the other team screamed, Yes! Thinking that they just won the tournament. Um, only for me to hold up the ball and show that I deflected it with the other ball. Uh, shortly thereafter, Chris and I went ahead and double teamed again. Uh, that didn't work. And then finally, um, I have one ball. 
Chris doesn't have any, and they have to make a choice. I go over to the right side, far right corner. Chris goes over to the far left side. And rather than double-team the guy without the ball, they decided to come at the guy with a ball. And uh, as they were charging forward, I went ahead and said, eh, to hell with it, and then just whipped a uh, sidearm pinch in defense and knocked the ball out of John's hand before he could throw it <laughs> and won us that game. All right. That is great. Yeah. Classic. You, you, you're doing your Rain Man thing again. Classic movement. How, how do you remember every single step of that game like that? There's a uh, there's a video of it on Facebook. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I was gonna say this is this is this memory is like impeccable, man. You you need to start using this for you know the good of the world. Because I, I I mean I we've played a lot of tournaments. I I vaguely remember this, but I um, I couldn't recall step by step what's going on. I need to start doing something for the good of the world. So. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, I'm able to defend myself on that throw. I'm sure mm-hmm. it was one of those ones where they threw the ball and I ran up before he had a chance to get back to his position. I was just trying to cut him off, right? And I, something I'm, like that. I'm, I'm not calling you out on it either because uh, basically the the video, if if you watch, say I have to find huh. a way to send it to you. But the yeah. video, um, you literally block a ball, and I turn to go get it. And or I turned for somebody to throw it throw it to me after it went over our heads. Yeah. And um, as I'm turned, literally another ball bounces within like two feet of me. And I uh-huh. could have just grabbed that and ran up there with you at the same time, but I just wasn't looking that way. Well, no, I'm sure I was just trying to cut and, him off uh, while catch him off guard. The best part is, is that after you threw it, you turned and looked at the sidelines and then threw both of your arms up like, "What the hell are you doing?" And <laughs> To you? Not to me, but to whoever was on the sidelines. You're just like, uh, oh, oh, no. well, I might. Well, I gotta watch. <laughs> I gotta watch the video. But I'm sure I was like surprised that he made the catch, right? Mm-hmm. And like yeah, I felt like it, I it, it was like there's no fucking way that he caught that ball. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then as you were doing that, you looked and like you kind of saw that like there were like there was at least one ball, if not two balls, on the sidelines, and none mm-hmm. of our teammates like bothered to throw it to us or throw it to me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like, what? I'm sure I was pretty upset that the time was about to run out too, and I threw a ball like that. Oh uh, yeah. No. Oh, well. so you got the win. What, what have you got? You said that you said that you had one. So why don't you uh, tell me what you're thinking of? It's not as specific as that because I don't. I didn't go back and watch any videos right. for the breakdown. But um, I just wanted to talk about our first trip up to the New Jersey tournament. You know this one. I think I missed this one. Did you miss it? I think I missed this one because this is where Todd's car. Uh... <laughs> no, yeah, right. Yeah, so this, yep. So this was in um, Tom's River, New Jersey. Classic New Jersey. Yeah. So it was at the at a um, like a high school gym, right? Mm-hmm. So we signed up for this thing. I guess yeah, you weren't there, but uh, pretty much the standard team was there because we we went up there with a pretty pretty solid team. Because I don't remember, we didn't lose a single game. And the, the guy, um, I just remember the guy that ran the tournament was like shocked. So we'll, to go back a little bit, so when we when we first got there, right, we pull up into the school parking lot and like the thing was full, right? There was like, I don't know, it would it looked like a a Wednesday during the school year because the entire parking lot was full, uh-huh. like not a single space was open, right? Um, so we go in and we're like, well, there's gotta be something else going on here, but no, we get in there and the gym is just like stuffed with kids, like warming up, ready to play. This was like, I don't know. It had to be like 40, 40 teams, something like that. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. And we were just expecting some like little tournament, in New Jersey. Yeah. So yeah but, um, play level. Oh yeah. This was crazy. So this was foam ball by the way too. Yeah. Yeah, so we didn't even really get to showcase our uh, true abilities. Yeah. So anyway, like before before the game, <clears throat> before the tournament, the guy, the owner of the, the guy running the tournament, took us into like a classroom, and all the team captains were sitting there going over the rules and everything. And then he decided to uh, call 
our team out or me. And he was like, I guess we got a team here from Baltimore. And then he's like, he found me in the room and like, he was like, man, you guys came a long way for this. Cause I think every, every other team was from the New Jersey area. Uh-huh. And then that's when the, the, uh, the Snickers started going around the, the classroom, <laughs> right? It felt like high school all over again. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know what? I took note of that and we took that into the tournament and we rattled off like, I don't know how many straight wins because we didn't, we didn't drop a single game and we won that whole tournament, but it was the atmosphere. The only way to put it would be hostile. It's a hostile environment. Oh yeah. Because these, these kids are just like, they, they had a target on our back because we were, we were from out of town from Baltimore mm-hmm. And they were gunning for us, man. And like, if balls were like, of course there was like a hundred kids standing around watching every game. So if a ball would like straight past our court, there's no chance we were getting that thing back. They were throwing it to the other side. So to give their fellow New Jersey teams a chance. So anyway, we ended up winning that tournament, but there was a team we played maybe like semifinals. Mm -hmm. They were not fans of us at all. And, uh, so we, we knocked them out. I don't know. They probably got heated during the, during the game. So we knocked them out and then they leave. Now, now I refuse to believe that, uh, that you or Todd or, uh, anybody else on our team could potentially lose their temper. Uh, have things get heated. It's been known to happen <laughs> once or once or twice. We've, uh, but you know what it is, uh, what's that? It wouldn't happen if every team showed up, didn't cheat, was yeah. nice, you know what I mean, and was yeah. respectful. Play, just play the game, win or lose, and go home. Right? Yeah. Well, this team yeah. was not like this team was not a uh, a good sport team. So we we knocked them out. They pick up their stuff and leave the gym. I think we played. It had to be if that was like semifinals almost. We probably played like a round of two out of three or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we stuck around and talked to the the, uh, the guy who organized the thing, and he gave us, like, the trophies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we packed up our stuff, went out to Todd's car. Not to mention, he he just bought this this car, right? Like a Toyota 4Runner, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Nice, like, big SUV. He just bought it maybe, like, a month ago. So we get out there, and we all start noticing there's, like, stuff written on the windows of this thing. So on the on the windshield was a big letters NJ. On the side, there was all kinds of other writings on it. I don't know if they use like that soap that um, that you use like when you graduate or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you can write messages on the windows or whatever. But right. they were they were just writing all over the windows. Luckily, they didn't write on the actual car, or maybe I'm remembering that wrong. They might have written written on the hood or something. And um, it definitely smelled like like on the outside of the car too so somebody oh, Jesus somebody took their uh, liberty and uh, peed on the side of the car too uh, the class of, of New Jersey ladies yeah and yeah but you know we can turn the folks in New Jersey around here because we went back inside and talked to the guy who organized the thing mm-hmm. he just happened to be a volunteer fire firefighter so he invited us back to the uh, firehouse for their little post-tournament celebration and like gave us some food and Washed off the car for us and everything. That's nice. So, do you take the yeah. uh, do you take the fire hose to it? I think they did. Yeah, dude, that have been that that would have been badass. Well, once we knew that we were they were taking us back to the like um, the fire department, mm-hmm. we were like, all right, we gotta see if they have like a, a pole that we could slide down. Oh Jesus! Did you? Yeah, but but they didn't. That was like a one. It was like a one story. Um, oh. Yeah, that was the, that was disappointing. But no, I think somebody tried like a pickled egg for the first time. I forget. I think machine. I think he tried that. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm glad I missed out on that one. Nah, man. Not, it, it, not, other, not so much the tournament, but the pickled yeah. egg. Other than that, it was really fun. I think. Man, at one point we were like signing autographs in the bleachers. Oh, Lord. I know it, it was ridiculous. Like, there's no reason we should have been signing autographs, but now, it was just like now there was there great. was a point in time where you guys were signing autographs and El Dodger Loco and Lou Barrels and like none of none of those guys were there. Uh, well, you you said you weren't there. One of those guys might have been there. I can't uh, remember. I can't remember who the full team was. I don't recall those guys being there for that one. 
Say, <laughs> because I think uh, I think I remember say because we went up there for a second one, didn't we? Yeah, we did, but we didn't have our full squad that time. Oh no, we went up there three times. I might so the have second, been there for one of them. The I second time there once. The second time was the beach tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I went to. I went to the beach right. one where I was wearing like those like funny socks or whatever it was. The sand socks, yeah. Yeah, the sand socks. <laughs> we thought that, that would most, help with like grip or whatever. I was the most prepared one for that tournament. Yeah. Yeah, that was um that summer they decided to take it outside and there was a cage on the beach. Yeah. Not as many teams turned out for that one. No. Well, I think they heard that we were coming up again. <laughs> no, I think the funniest line from that was, um, yeah, we won that one again, and I don't think we lost at all. And the guy, the organizer, was like, man, you guys won again, and I, not a one of you looks like an athlete. But we can't oh, beat yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure he was looking me dead straight in the eye when he said that. Oh, well. Looks can be deceiving, right? That's right. So your mom thinks I'm an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, we're going to go ahead and call it an ending to this, uh, once again, just legendary episode, uh, episode number eight of Bleacher Birds. Uh, again, so you can reach out to us on the Twitter at Bleacher Birds. Uh, go ahead and shoot us an email at bleacherbirds at gmail.com. And, uh, of course, you can reach out to Matt on his social media. Not yet. It's in the works. Coming soon. So, in the meanwhile, you can reach out to him on his phone number. Again, that phone number is... We'll give you the one number, four. There you go. So, you you guys have one official number. You know that number four is, in fact, in his phone number. Uh Uh, If anyone can go ahead and figure out the rest, uh, go ahead and reach out to him. Remind him who the San Diego chicken is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, once again, thanks for thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all next week. All right, see you later. Who's the San Diego chicken? What? Who's the San Diego chicken?